Hey guys, Ian here with another episode of Unleash and Unhinged, the podcast where we talk about all things dog. Dog training, dog behaviour, dog health, literally anything you can think about when it comes to dogs, we'll talk about on here. We hope you enjoy the episode. everybody hello hello um <coughs> as is tradition what are we talking about this week <laughs> what are we talking about this week uh i thought we could talk about something that we could talk about for weeks but we'll try and keep as specific as possible yeah we'll probably have to i, I not have to we will <laughs> um break this down over different sections over the next few weeks. Okay. Can you remember that? Because I won't. Yeah. Sure. Resource guarding of, we will start with one specific. Yeah. Food from humans. Resource guarding food against humans. Against humans. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because it's, yeah, really like common, (laughs) really common. See yeah. the time. And also, really bloody normal. Well, that's it. Right. I resource cut food. Well, You've been out for I've, dinner yeah, with me. I've, I've been out to dinner with you. Don't steal these chips. The, okay. the look, if anyone's seen Friends, it's kind of Joey. No one steals chips. Joey. <laughs> Joey doesn't share food. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Ian doesn't share food. Ian doesn't share food. It's got to a point now where most of my friends, as we sit down, if it's like me, Emma, and friends... They will actively say, well, Ian's not going to share, so we'll share, but you can order what you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that there's food for the table and there's Ian's food. Yeah. But I'm allowed to have the share food. Can't make your own rules on that, buddy. You just did. It's consistently do. I'm an ass. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, back to resource guarding food with dogs. So... The reason I, I thought we could talk about it is it's something I've spoken to quite a few clients about this week, and some have been resource guarding with dog, against dogs, but today we're going to talk specifically about resource guarding against humans with food. Mm. In your experience, what are some of the common reasons that you see that it can appear. So let's say, for an example, it's a dog who's been living in the home since they're a puppy mm. uh, and there has never been a problem before. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, seemingly overnight, the dog goes, the human moves towards the food bowl, maybe just to move towards it, not necessarily to take any food out of the bowl, which never do people just, you know, as, yeah, as we'll go into that. <laughs> point of reference. Uh, but the uh, human walks towards the food bowl and the dog responds with either a growl or a lunge towards. Yeah. Okay, so I guess I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll answer both of these because it's almost like there's two questions there. Yes. There is the actual reason and then... Well, there's the fundamental reason, and then there's the uh, kind of uh, the consequences that actually led to it. So, like, we'll start with the fundamental reason, mm-hmm. which is driven by the dog. It's 
is the Driven by the Dogs. It basically feels like it really needs that food, and it feels like that resource, the food, is under threat, mm-hmm. and it's doing whatever behaviour it feels is going to be successful in maintaining the resource. That's the reason, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So that's why resource guiding happens. It comes from a place of the dog not wanting to lose that resource. It could be a fear of losing the resource, or it could be anger over, like, maybe somebody is persistent, and this is where we're going to the other kind of more nuanced reasons of, like, if somebody is persistently actually taking that resource away from them or annoying them while they're eating. That can build up over time where the first few times the human might get away with that and go, and go oh, look, he lets me take food or he lets me pat him while he's eating. But that's probably got a time limit on how long it could last before the dog actually learns, mate, you're probably going to come over and pat me on the head while I'm eating and get your hands off me mm. and communicate that. Or you're going to take the food away from me. I'm going to guard it and communicate that I don't want you to take it. And that can back chain and kind of, you just becoming anywhere near them while they're eating mm. uh, can become a precursor to that kind of prediction that the dog has learned. Okay. So let's say in that example, none of those things had happened. So the human has never taken the food away from the dog. They've always given the dog their food in a particular place that's away. And I'm using an example that um, I had recently seen Mm. where the dog eats is not in a thoroughfare they're away from any busy area. It's only the dog and, and one caregiver. Mm. Um, the food's never been taken away from this dog. She's never been touched. Mm. While she's eating, it's always just, you know, here's your food, knock yourself out, see you later, bye. Yep. Um, but now she's resource guarding the food. Uh, sudden change? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, first thing I'd look at is like, what else has changed. So is there a change in health? Mm-hmm. Pain? Is she started doing different things around the food bowl? Did she never used to be there and then suddenly has maybe just started, if she's feeding her in the laundry, folding laundry while she's eating and just happens to be now present more while she's eating? Just simple environmental changes or health changes. Mm-hmm. Um, was the dog extremely... Cause did it happen once for whatever, maybe like an extreme example of like maybe the dog was in pain or something like that and then it got generalized Mm. and now the dog has got a negative association and so it's happening continuously even though the dog's not in pain anymore or Mm. was extra hungry that particular day or even maybe the meal changed where the meal was previously low value and was suddenly high value Mm. there was the variables that would jump to my head in in those 10 seconds and that's that's why i'm asking right because it's We tend to go to dogs resource guarding because the human has always either taken the food, shoved their hand in the bowl or all that sort of stuff. But it's never that, it's it's never, it's not always that easily um, discovered. You know, when we go into these situations and, and a caregiver says, you know, my dog's resource guarding and you ask them and, you know, if you're working with a caregiver who you know that is telling you 
the the truth when mm-hmm. you say have you ever done this no i've never done that have you ever done this no i've never done that you know and you ask them what their re- feeding routine has been yeah and then we have to go all right now we really have to think about it yeah so is it because that something else in their environment that they found very safe and secure has changed and they're no longer feeling confident and um secure and safe about that so they've now gone well the one thing that is reliable for me is my food mm-hmm. every day. So I, I need to keep that safe because that was once safe and it's not safe anymore. What do I have? Get you know, a narrowing of things in their world that are secure. Exactly. So if someone was walking down the street and they got mugged, you know, they might come home and start putting locks and stuff on their doors because, you know, walking outside is no longer safe. So I need to keep everything that I have here yeah. safe, which is a form of resource guarding. And the fewer things that you have that actually bring joy, comfort and security to your life, the tighter you will hold on to the ones that still do. Yeah, exactly. So just trying to nut out when we see or if, you know, you guys see your dog starting starting to resource guard towards you a particular thing, we do have to take that step back and go, well, I haven't done these things, so what else could be wrong? And you mentioned pain, so the dog could be in pain or there may have been a, a situation where there was, you know, a human may have moved when they were near pain that caused them when – moved near the food when they were in pain they felt that pain so they paired all of that together Mm. um so really making sure that we look at it from a holistic perspective to go okay what what do we really see what are the possibilities so that we can work with it effectively because you know if it is the movement of the human Mm. then we need to change the association of of the movement on the of the human in general not just based around that food even just uh, health, not just pain, but health issues that maybe drive more hunger. Yeah. So uh, anything that might change the value of the resource, so the food itself, so hung- the actual levels of hunger would change about how much how valuable the food is, mm. um, as would the food itself. So typically, not all dogs don't want to generalise and paint every dog with the same brush, but typically kibble is less valuable than steak. And you will probably see more chance of resource guarding steak than kibble because it's more valuable. So any sort of change like that, uh, even change in the way she's a feeding routine. Mm-hmm. So some people just on a whim, they're like, I'm going to ask my dog to sit and wait for food. And that might create more of a pressure cooker effect mm. than desperation for the food. Yeah. So somebody might feel like, I'm just going to train my dog around meals and that sit and wait all of a sudden I really fucking need that food Yeah, uh, could cause I mean look that would be an extreme example but who knows mm. so those are the variables well you know if you think about where the, the old school way of teaching of around dogs eating was you've got to make your dog sit before you feed them and I remember being taught that you hold a bowl of food you get the dog to go into a sit as you lower the food down if the dog removes uh gets itself out of position, you take that food away. Yeah. Now, back then, I was like, really? Because if you went like this with my favourite food, I'm eventually going to do this. But you'd see these dogs going into this, you know, like I'm doing the macarena as I'm waiting for my food. But then once you put the food down, you see how hurriedly the dog was eating the food because that build-up of, do I get it now? No. Do I get it now? No. Which, you know, could eventually come to... 
you know, I, I'm going to guard that now. Yeah. Like once no, I have that. And then any time any other piece, because then that could then generalise or spread to, well, treats. Well, no, I'm going to eat the treat now mm-hmm. or, you know, that sort of stuff. But when you mentioned before hunger, something that popped into my head was, you know, some dogs who might be on steroids. Yeah. So if they're on any form of steroid, they become – that their hunger increases. Yeah. So the value of food will increase. Because maybe years ago I worked with a dog who he was on steroids and had been – and, like, he was just constantly famished, this poor thing. Yeah. But he needed to be on that particular medication for what was going on with him. But around food, he was just like, I'll rip the hand off. Like, give it it to me now. I can't wait for it. Yeah. Which is is a form of, like, a growth to, well, I'm going to guard it. You know, if you drop that on the floor – I think, uh, you know, what, what it keeps coming back to in general, I mean, for, gem- for general advice on resource guarding, like understanding that it is coming from a place of desperation. Mm. It's not coming from a place, and this is where misinformation can be really dangerous because the misinformation typically suggests, well, he's trying to assert himself over you. And <laughs> so, and as we've been through a million times and we'll probably continue to do so, that's not it. <laughs> so... If the dog was trying to assert themselves over you for the food, don't you think that would figure out how to open the cupboard first? Yeah. Like, you control the food. Yeah. That's – you can't assert anybody. You've got the food. You can always just, well, no, buddy, you can't have it. That's it. Them just going, can you just feed me now, please, yeah, is not – Yeah, being a dick. No. <laughs> That's um, – because understanding that, like, the, the guarding is a symptom of the problem. It's not the problem. Well, like, a lot of the stuff – that we, we deal with, what we see is the symptom of yeah. a deeper issue. Yeah. So it's not that we just go, okay, well, the dog's guarding, so therefore this is what we do. We've got, okay, well, we need to kind of figure out what, what's changed here. This, this is what I uh, really enjoyed from that conference we were at with Mike and talking about, like, there's two approaches to it, and they're both appropriate and both necessary. You address that underlying emotional reason you identify it first and then address the underlying emotional reason. So if the dog is angry, then let's reduce the anger. Let's build some positive associations. If the dog is fearful, well, let's build confidence. That in itself, when it comes and we'll do different types of resource guarding, different contexts and we'll different things. But with this particular one of guarding food, you address it like that. You build the confidence or you reduce the anger and but there is also then the behavioural side that often we have, then have to kind of condition as well. So, mm-hmm. or condition like what what would we like the dog to do instead of guard? Because management, a lot of the time with resource guarding, can be managed. Like, I don't actually ever ever go near Otis when he's eating. He's never guarded against me, mm. but he doesn't like me being near him. Mm. He can feel like he tenses up and he's like watching over his shoulder and he's like, ah. Why are you near me? And I'll be honest, me and him have the same relationship around food. I'm like, God, mate, I'm eating. You need, to go, you need to go away. Yeah. Um, so, I've, I've, you know, there's a lot of management involved with resource guarding food. But if we had, did have a scenario where you kind of can't really escape it and manage it, then, yeah, like we need to really look at alternative ways mm. um, and behaviours, which is normally quite a complex training procedure it's complex and slow because what you're looking at is information from the dog and and having that dialogue with them 
of I'm I'm over here, you're over there, you see a kind of you, know, you go, Okay, well I'm just I am I'm I'm gonna go. Yeah. Like you you've said no. That little I let uh, that those body language signals the early ones of like Otis, like if I just walk past you can see his shoulders tense and he stiffens mm. up and he doesn't even look at me but I see him brace and so I'll just keep walking because he's told me can you not yeah Django oblivious doesn't care he'll bring me bring me it he's like ah this is lovely <laughs> you know he just doesn't care but I, it doesn't mean I'm going to test him and so in terms of like making it better like I'm going to try and keep it simple for people like how can you make it better understand the emotional reason why it's going on dog pain fear anxiety aggression uh, aggression anger the identifying that primary reason has there been that sudden change that we were talking about earlier especially if it's out of character Mm. um, and trying to find out what the cause behind that change is and then really importantly listen to your dog Mm. Um, and while we're on that this (laughs) I'll put it back onto you Let's name some things that you shouldn't do because it will exa- exasperate resource guarding of food. <laughs> Don't put your hand in the food bowl. Yes. Should we play, should we play you go, I go? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, don't pat your dog while they're eating. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, don't approach your dog when you're when they're eating. Yeah. Don't snatch, right? So don't create a race, pretty much for anything with your dog. Mm. Like, I will, I know I'm changing topic and I shouldn't, but like anything, whether that's for something that fell on the floor, an inanimate object, a, t- a toy, food, going out of a door, don't race. Like, just communicate calmly what's happening, listen to their body language in the moment, and don't create desperation around it. I'll say to people you might win one but your dog is faster than you and you just created a race with something that's faster than you with that's teeth. fucking stupid <laughs> so you, what the dog has learnt is you won that one next time I'm going to either have to move faster or use force to win mm, yeah which is not a, a scenario that we want to create with an animal with teeth like you said no don't tease mm. like don't tease Food and social media is is horrendous for this. You see, like, people, you know, showing the end of a pizza or, you know, a drumstick or something going, do you want it? No. Yeah. There was one... Can you imagine I did that to you? I mean, obviously, anything you eat, I wouldn't. (laughs) If I was like, here's a burger, I'm not going to eat it. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw it on the ground and stamp on it. Do you know what? I mean, it crossed my mind whether I'd still eat it. That's how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad it is. Well, you're three, three or five second on this, just no rule. Yeah. No rule. It's like the 17 second rule. And one like squished into my hiking boots. Mm. You're yeah. thinking about it, see? Yeah, exactly. There's, there's some latency in your thought process oh, there, right? Funny enough, right? There's a reason why I guard food. It's the household I grew up with, with a fat little brother. <laughs> his, nick- his name's Peter. His nickname was Peter the Eater. And, Why? <laughs> and he basically conditioned me to have to protect my food 
because the fat little bugger, like, love my brother more than anything on earth, and he, he knows his nickname. <laughs> and this, that was one of the kind ones. And <laughs> We're not going into but, um, your family there. He, I remember clear as day, dinner got put on the table, and it was salmon and chips and salad, and I was so excited for this piece of salmon. Salmon wasn't like, you know, wasn't a common food in our house growing up. It's it, not common over there, it's cod, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It was like, it was, you know, a pretty special occasion. Mm. But I needed the toilet. <gasps> oh, you snooze, you lose, dude. I left the table <laughs> and came back and this piece of salmon was gone. Full piece of salmon, gone. And I lost my shit. I was definitely resource guarding. Like, in hindsight, I battered him. The poor little bugger. <laughs> 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 you know, like, um, we were young, very young. Like, very young children. But, yeah... I really remember that. And I actually still have that emotional feeling right now in my heart and my chest about that event. My heart rate is up right now thinking about it, which that's what resource guarding, that's where it comes from. Well, that's it. I mean, I've seen and, and worked with uh, when I was working in rescues where, and I did it myself again, I didn't know Mm. where we would have a mother come into a rescue who was pregnant. She would have the litter in the shelter, and then once the puppies were weaned off the milk, I mean, but you can see them like guarding as as mm. they're even when they're deaf and blind, like meh, 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 this is mine, it will go away. <laughs> you know, so it starts very young. Yeah, um, and especially if you have a mother that has a very large litter of puppies, and there's just not enough. There's not enough resources to go around. There's not enough resources to go around. So you know, and that be- becomes something that can become instilled with them. And then once they're weaned and we'd come in with like one bowl of food, it was like, here you go, guys. Well, that was actually going to be my next thing of what not to do. Don't do that. Don't do free feeding in a group of puppies. No. And I've, I've, I, I did it, you know, when I worked in rescue, I didn't know any better. But you would see, you know, when like the bullies would start to become very clear and the growling and, you know, the barging and, hur- like, the inhaling of food of yeah. these tiny little things. It was no chewing was, was going on there. It was mouthful, swallow, mouthful, yeah. swallow, mouthful, swallow. And as you saw these tiny little bellies grow until they couldn't eat anymore and you'd see this one little one in the corner that had the crap beaten out of it going. Yeah. And that one's just as likely to learn Re- resource guard. That's the bully. But more likely to. Yeah. Right? Because that puppy experience, so when we go back to learning is through experience, Mm. that puppy learned that you need to fight for your food. And when you get it, you hold on to it and you hold on to it tight. Well, it's a combination of all of the wrong things, isn't it? It creates the desperation. Yeah. Because it creates a race. And then... That all dogs, the dogs that are practicing the behavior, get off my food, are learning to assert body language, use assertive body language to maintain the resource. Mm. And even the dog that got pushed off, it's not like they're blind. They can learn through observation. They're going, well, this, that's what works. So they're going to practice it. They're going to do it just as much as the one that, they're not going to learn, and this is, again, misinformation, not going to learn to be submissive in that moment. No. They're just going to become more desperate. And it's just going to increase the problem. Mm. Well, yeah, it's not learning to become submissive. And again, no. it's, you know, understanding what that word submissive is anyway. Yes. Um, but that, you know, those those puppies or those dogs, you know, and I've seen it in um, 
with adult dogs, they just, you know, here's a couple of bowls of food and knock yourself out. Mm. Yeah. Like, um, personally, with, like, feeding dogs, I, I, I don't quite understand why people ask the dogs to eat right next to one another. Like, I mean, I guess it's a very human thing to eat around the table. Mm. But for the dogs, like, I feed my dogs on the other sides of the room to one another. Mm. And that's because they've got just... They're not related. Even today I got home and they, they were asleep at other ends of the house. Mm. They coexist nicely. They play sometimes. They never fight. But I'm sure that's part of the reason is because I set them up to not have to. <laughs> yeah. What is, and yeah, if you have multi-dog households, then, you know, you do that. But I think we'll cover that in, a, oh, yeah, in another one because we could go off. I digressed. Yeah, you digress. Yes, again. But I think, you know, the main thing with, with resource guarding when it comes to food and humans is things not to do. Don't stick your hand in the food bowl. Don't tease your dog and make them, you know, if, if they are dogs that jump up when you have food, uh, then you do want to teach them to be calm around that food. But presenting the food and hurriedly taking it away from them every time they remove get off from that position is not... Um, it will teach them to sit, but it can also alternatively have an effect where it's going to teach them to really hurriedly want their food yeah. and then can later on come become a resource guarding issue. Don't patch your dogs when they are eating. I've got, um, I think we uh, should probably talk about it very quickly, mm. but not too quickly because it is probably very important. The how to, things that you can do to avoid resource guarding. Mm-hmm. And nice and simple. Mm-hmm. feed your dog uh, in a place where they're not likely to be overly disturbed mm-hmm. don't create a race so nice predictable patterns where your dog knows what's going to happen mm-hmm. so even if you do ask your dog to sit and wait that's not the end of the world but as long as it's pr- predictable for the dog and it's not and you can see that your dog isn't your dog's body language will tell you how it feels about that <laughs> but creating a predictable pattern around food helps and if you are going to be in a household where, do you know what? This is something that we should be aware of, that there is a chance that people are going to be around. Create positive associations. So simply walking past the bowl, and as you do, dropping something nice mm. can create a positive prediction. So whenever this person comes near me, something good is likely to occur, because it does. And if you can create that relationship... You go near the bowl, something better happens, like chicken comes in or something higher value than that's already in the bowl, then you're walking away. You're going to create a really nice relationship where your dog is probably going to look for you mm. instead of the food bowl. Yeah. And then that one time where, for whatever the circumstances are, like maybe for whatever reason, you're like, oh, I do need to take the bowl away. Your dog might not love that one moment, but you'll get away with it. You've got a more better chance of getting away with it because your dog doesn't think you're coming in hot. And... <laughs> Well, yeah, and that's, you know, the other things that you can do is you can, you know, if you're if you want your dog to sit, so you can have the, the food bowl and you ask them to sit, pay them. For sitting. Just for for sitting. sitting. As you move the food bowl down, pay them. As you move the food bowl down, pay them. Put the bowl down, they get paid. Mm. Then you can add a piece of food just like what you were saying before or things that you can do is if the food bowl is empty, you can pick the food bowl up, put a piece of food in it put the bowl back down. When they look back up, pay them, pick the food bowl up, put a piece of food in it. So again, you're building that association of movement around you and the food bowl. 
so that if you do have to do that, that's already there. And when you, you know, you've put the food in, you put it down, they eat it, they look up at you, pay them, pick the bowl up. So you're having, as you said before, like you're creating this pattern of association that whenever you are around that food bowl, it's amazing. You're never taking anything away from them. No, you're just Christmas every day. Christmas. Yeah. Cool. Hope you enjoyed that, guys. See you next week. Ciao for now. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for this week, guys. If you ever want to ask questions, give feedback, or just provide some suggestions regarding the podcast, find me on Ian Shivers Dog Advocate on Instagram. I'll be happy to help. If you're feeling really generous, leave us a review on whatever platform it is that you're listening to this podcast on. And if you want to nerd out more with us, then find our sponsors because they're the ones that make all of this possible. See you next week. This episode is sponsored by Canine Caregivers. I've had so many people reach out to me over the years, not knowing where to turn to online for reliable and consistent advice on how to raise a healthy and happy dog. The information out there is hard to navigate. It's hard to know who to trust and who not to trust. And frankly, some of it is just downright dangerous. That's why we created Canine Caregivers, a place where you can come and get educational resources and access a supportive community founded on the care approach for people just like you, whether you've just brought a dog into your life or you've got a dog that is experiencing some unwanted behaviors. The content is updated regularly and we constantly keep in touch with our members to make sure that we are bringing relevant and up-to-date content that truly matters to you. There's different tiers of membership for different needs. So you can be sure that you don't have to break the bank to access the information that can literally make all the difference to the quality of life between you and your dog. Head to caninecaregivers.com.au to learn more.